Welcome to the How'd You Meet podcast, your daily dose of feel-good stories of people finding love in all places. Here's your host, Chris Molina. Welcome to a new episode of the How'd You Meet podcast. My name is Chris Molina, and I am your host for today's episode. Today's guest is Adam Carroll. His wife's name is Jen. They've been married for 21 years. They've been in a relationship for 24 years, and they've been living together for 22 years. They have three kids, one pet. They reside in Des Moines, Iowa. And fun fact, they locked eyes three years prior to meeting and dating, and they both thought, oh, that person's kind of cute. Adam, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to tell this story. Yeah, I, I am excited to hear the story because you and I have known each other for a while, and I've never heard the, these stories before. So let's ah. dive right in. How'd you guys meet? Loveyco.com. Are you a lady listener that wants to treat yourself here on the How'd You Meet podcast? Or are you interested in getting a gift for a special lady friend? Either way, check out loveyco.com for all the latest fashion and tips. That's loveyco, L-O-V-E, yco.com and make sure to use that code bcmg to get 10 percent off of your order that's bcmg b is in boyfriend c is in cute m is in married and g is in girlfriend and all this information can be found in the show notes now back to the show well so as i as you mentioned we locked eyes our freshman year in in college and uh, my wife jen was from a small town i was from the Des Moines area, but a smaller town just south of Des Moines. We were both at a, a state university that has like 15,000 students. Okay. So not so big that you don't know any, you know, you don't know very many people, um, but big enough that you didn't know everyone. Sure. And we happened to be in this 400 person lecture hall in a, like a general communications class. And I remember her walking in and I saw her and it was actually she and her, one of her best friends. Yeah. And both of them were super cute. And I was like, wow, they're kind of hot. Um, and she apparently uh, caught me looking and ha had some similar thought. And then fast forward three years later, um, my senior year, I was really good friends with this woman who she and I would go to the bars all the time and like go to live music and go to comedy clubs and whatnot. Sure. But we were purely friendly. It was all platonic. She had a boyfriend and we were just good buds. Sure. And I walked in with her but I saw Jen sitting in a booth, um, you know, just inside the door mm -hmm. and I, we locked eyes again. And I was like, whoa, who is that? Oh, I think I know her. Mm -hmm. And about that time, uh, her roommate turns around and looks at me and is like, Adam, come over here. And we had mutual friends. She, her roommate was dating a really good friend of mine. Sure. But we had no, no connection other than that and had never really been in the same room together. And so I sat down and, um, you know, we started chatting and there was some, there was some chemistry there, Chris, mm -hmm. and this is going to date me and probably embarrass <laughs> me and my wife a little bit. So at the time, this would have been like the late nineties, right? Sure. I had a pager that I wore <laughs> because I was a big deal. No. Yeah. You needed to be contacted at any point in time, any point in time. Yeah. And people were like, what is this? You drug dealer? And <laughs> The reality was I owned a vending machine or a, a few vending machines. Sure. And so when people needed refills or the vending machine was broken, they would, they would beat me. Sure. And I would have to, you know, go call the number and find out what was what. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she was I, probably pretending to be impressed with the pager <laughs> handedly. 
And I said, here, let me show you. And so I gave it to her. And then I went upstairs to my buddy's apartment and I called my pager and showed her how it vibrated. Um, it's a terrible way to pick up a, a woman, but it works. Do you think that would work nowadays? Maybe? I don't, you know, if they saw like a clear plastic pager, <laughs> they'd be like, dude, you're so retro. So hip. Who knows? Wait a couple of decades. It might come back in style. It probably will come back in style. I should have kept it. Um, but, but here's the rest of the story. So we had a really fun night, just like chatting and laughing. And, but she believed that Courtney, the woman that I was with, was my girlfriend. Got it. And so she was kind of being like somewhat sheepish about saying anything or asking mm -hmm. me out or whatever. Well, then she asked her friend Sarah when the night was done, what's his story? And Sarah was like, oh, I think he's single. And she, she then called me. This was a Thursday night. I went home to Des Moines over the weekend and Sunday night when I got back, she had called my apartment and asked if I wanted to come over and watch Mr. Holland's Opus. Ah. You remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come over and watch the movie. And then I called her right back and I said, hey, do you want me to pick up some Ben and Jerry's ice cream on the way? And I think, dude, I think that sealed the deal. <laughs> She, when I got there, she's like so excited. Now I did make a huge faux pas because I got Chunky Monkey and something like Cherry Garcia maybe. Yeah. And she was all about Cherry Garcia, but she hates bananas. Uh, so I goofed up on that one, but it was the thought that counted. Yeah. And uh, so we, we watched the movie. We had a really fun night and uh, we were somewhat inseparable from that point forward. That's amazing. I love yeah. hearing that. And I, I love the smile. You're normally smiling, but the smile on your face when you talk about those things, it's, it's great for the listeners. You got to jump over to YouTube and see this, see Adam's smile. Yeah. And maybe I can ask you a few questions about that, um, Do it. that, that meeting. Well, number one, I think it's important to, to note that uh, good friends can, uh, can make you or break you. Cause if that roommate didn't call you over, who knows, you know, but Whenever you saw, because I'm big on this, whenever you saw her both at the, was it a bar, you said? Yeah, we like to tell people it was a concert because there, <laughs> there was a dude playing a guitar there. <laughs> it was kind of a concert, but it was in a bar atmosphere, yes. So when you, when you saw her both senior year and freshman year, what was it about her? There, I mean, there, you, you mentioned how many thousands of people were there. I mean, thousands of women we're yeah. on the university campus, but what was it about her? Uh, this is a really good question. And I have to, I have to like take a break before I answer that because the part of the reason that I went to the university of Northern Iowa is they had a three to one girl to guy ratio. <laughs> and I, in my the, the back of my mind, I'm like, this is a numbers game and I want the numbers stacked in my favor. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, so I had a great, I had a great college experience. Um, I had one pretty serious girlfriend for the majority of my college experience. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up breaking it off kind of at the end of my junior year, mm -hmm. which meant my senior year was a ton of fun. I met a lot of people, went on a lot of dates. But when I, when I met Jen, there was something very, I don't know exactly what to say other than um, she has the most caring heart of anyone you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. And she was very... Um, loyal is not even the right word, but she was so trustworthy with everything. Sure. Right. Yeah. And when you meet someone like that, and she opened up a lot to me and I opened up a lot to her the first night that there was this kind of like instant bond. Sure. And, um, 
Yeah. I, so we dated, you know, for, for quite some time, I actually traveled after I graduated from college and then went and sold books. So we were distant, you know, we had a long distance relationship for about six months. Um, but when I got back, you know, it was very clear that this is someone I wanted to spend, you know, spend my life with. And there was a time I I followed her to Denver, Colorado, and, um, she was going to move to Des Moines. And I said, don't do that. I don't want to stay here. Lo and behold, we end up here, but, (laughs) but we, I chased her to Denver and um, I remember calling my folks one day and my, my dad, my dad said, I knew what you were calling for. Mm -hmm. My dad thought that I was going to tell them that I was going to propose. My mom thought I was calling to say we were breaking up. (laughs) Yeah. So kind of weird how it all shook out. Yeah. But, uh, it has been, a, it has been, you know, it's been a, a, an awesome ride yeah. and just like any relationship, we have bumps along sure. the way. Sure. And I think over 21 years, we figured out what makes each other tick, what our love languages are, mm-hmm. how we make decisions. Yeah. So, like I know when she's cooking, man, she is, she's in the zone. Don't locked in. Don't bug her. Don't, you know, like I try and love on her when she's in that. She's just like, I just stop. Get out of my kitchen. Get out of my kitchen. That's right. <laughs> Um, I do have four other questions, but I'm going to break down the fourth wall here. Yeah. Do it. I found this when I'm interviewing people and I ask a question that makes them think and they don't have the words. There are two types of reactions. People just start blabbering, saying things that maybe don't even make sense. <laughs> and, and, and they just keep talking until they find some words that kind of feel right. Right. With you. And the few other people who have jobs with connecting words to emotion. When I, when I corner you and I'm able to ask a question that maybe you don't have a canned answer for, you don't find the words. And it's been the same thing multiple times now with, with people that, 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 are, that are great orders. Like, hmm. I asked that question, what was it about her? What was it about him? Yeah. The words aren't there. And it's very interesting. I love seeing that because yeah, you I asked you about what was it about her that you saw? And you started talking about she's loyal and she yeah. she's loving and, and all these other attributes that don't really have anything to do with what we think when we say, Oh, that girl's yeah. kind of cute. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because I thought it was, it is fascinating going through these interviews and, and asking people about the loves of their lives. Yes. And a lot of the times you can't find the words. So like when, when maybe when people are struggling to think, is this the right person? Can you describe that person and how it feels? Because if you can't, uh, that might be the right person. Might be it. I, I love that uh, that notion. And I think, Chris, that it's the difference between uh, logic and heart, Mm. you know, like at the cerebral level, can you describe it? Oh yeah. Kind of at the heart level. Can you, there are words to describe it. It's just, it's a feeling. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that I most love about my wife is when, when we had our first child, it, it could never have been more clear that that was what she was put on the earth to be Hmm. was to be a mom. Yeah. And at one point, you know, I'm big into meditations and, yep. and, and uh, visualization and stuff like that. And we, I walked her through this guided imagery thing where 
basically she had to describe her spirit animal mm -hmm. and her spirit animal was a dove. It was, it was just as bright and vivid in her mind as you can imagine. And when you look it up, the dove is a motherly energy. It's, mm. it's divine, it's pure, it's caring, it's loving. And that's, that's my wife to a T. I love that. And I love a, a, a nice segue because you talked about feeling that segues into my next question. What is one thing that Jen does that makes you smile and feel warm inside? Something she does or says, is that what you said? Uh, what is one thing that she does, that Jen does, that makes you smile and feel warm inside? <laughs> how how, uh, how PG-13 are we gonna go here? <laughs> this um, is the second time out of about 20 episodes that I've been asked that. <laughs> you know, my love language is physical. Yep. And so for me, when she like cuddles up, curls into me, um, I mean, my favorite is uh, being in a dead sleep and she rolls over and like gets really close because she's cold typically. But but any of that is like, oh, OK, this is cool because you're, you know, you're you're seeking me out for warmth and for comfort. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to think that I've been a good provider and, and caretaker and things like that. There have been times where I haven't, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've traveled a lot and there was a large period of time in my life when I was on the road for a hundred days, 150 days a year. Mm -hmm. And I know that she did not feel taken care of sure. on, during those times. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this last year has, has been really interesting because I feel like this is time to get back and, and take care and, you know, do what we need to do together. So, mm -hmm. so it's been a blessing, all of this. Absolutely. So she, she yeah. hasn't tried to like, tell you, oh, it's been great, but do you have something that you can do outside? <laughs> I'm not going to say that hasn't been uttered. <laughs> like, when's your next trip? That's what, that's, that's what I know. And there was a time in our marriage where it was like, we did really well when we had some separation. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, that's normal in every relationship is people got to have their, them time mm -hmm. and, and there, needs, there needs to be couple time and there needs to be solo time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What is your guys's proposal story? Oh, this is good. So knowing that uh, I, I couldn't go small, like I had to go big or go home, you know what I mean? That's just how you are. It's just how I am. <laughs> and I, I've racked my brain, Chris, on what I could do. And lo and behold, we were, we were still living in Denver and a, a bunch of her friends and family were coming out for a, a long weekend. And we had gotten tickets to the Colorado Rockies game. Okay. And somehow it popped in my head, oh, I should fly a banner behind a plane and have a proposal that way. Okay. And so I did the research and I figured out where, how you hire these people and what the message was and how, how many characters you could have and what should it say and should it end? You know, like, how do I begin it? How do I end it? Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, between you, me and the audience, I didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of at the time, <laughs> but to pay this airplane, airplane and pilot, it was like $675. Okay. Okay. And I think I spent all of maybe three grand or four grand on a ring. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot just in the proposal the, the plane itself was a lot. Sure. Sure. And you know, I had the ring in my pocket. I had buddies around me. She had her friends with her. However, 
her best friend who was actually with her at the concert, shall we say, <laughs> the night we met, uh, said, hey, can we go get our haircut before the game? And so they went to the salon and they were getting their hair done. And, um, you know, the, the first inning goes by, they're not there. The second inning goes by, no show. And I'm thinking to myself, well, shit, you know, like, sorry, but this, like there's $675 that I've just blown. She's not even going to see it, you know? So I'm thinking through like, will I just videotape it and I'll show her the footage and what? So the, the pilot told me I will be there somewhere between the third and fourth inning. <laughs> and at the tail end of the third inning, they arrive and I am sweating absolute bullets by this point. <laughs> Because again, no money, right? Yep. And, and she would be, she would be frustrated with me that I dropped that much money. And they get up there, and a plane starts flying, and I'm thinking, this is it, this is it. And it it was a proposal, but it was not Jen's proposal; it was someone else's proposal. Wow. And she looked up and she goes, "Oh, look, someone's having a moment." And then she went back to watching the game and talking to her friends. Yeah. And then my plane starts circling and comes around the field. And I am like positioned right in front of her. And, you know, someone reads it and then they go, Jen, Jen. And what? She looks up and she reads it and she, it took her a minute to process, to register. And then she looks down and I'm standing there with the ring in my hand. You know, she went, she went bananas. And yeah. um, But it was very touching because her entire family was there. Cousins, Mm -hmm. Her mom and dad, um, really good friends from high school and college. And they were out just for the weekend. So we had a huge shindig that night. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. That's awesome. Did she yeah. have any inkling that it was going to happen? You know, I think she knew. I mean, clearly she knew we were, we were going to be together. Yeah. Uh, but again, I might mention I had no money. And, no, you know, so she was uh, probably surprised at how I pulled it off and that I pulled it off in the way that I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was, it was as much of a surprise as I could make it. That's amazing. It's yeah. not surprising at all that it was in front of a big crowd with airplanes and whole big <laughs> orchestrated events. So kudos to you. And to circle back to your feelings about her, you'd mentioned how caring she is. Uh, you mentioned the word loyalty and, and, and motherly outside of those things. What is something that you admire about Jen? Um, you know, she, w growing up, it, it was a, I, I would call it a challenging environment. Mm -hmm. um, certainly loving, but her parents were very young when she was born. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was the kind of the quintessential kids having kids kind of thing. Yep. And so I, what, I, what I respect about her immensely is her ability to get things done and the decisiveness in which she's going to do them. Hmm. And she has, you know, she, she's a one on the Enneagram. Okay. And so she's a list maker and she's a task driven person. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that about her. And I think there are times where my lack of being task driven sometimes drives her crazy, <laughs> but we are a tremendous yin and yang. Like yeah. she completes me. I complete her. There's a, there is a level of, uh, companionship and cooperation and um, I don't know what other word I'm looking for that starts with a C, but uh, <laughs> we, we, 
we, we definitely um, help each other in the ways that need, we need to be helped. Yeah. seems like a good team. We're a very good team. Yeah. And I'm curious uh, with that being something that you bring up when I use the word admire over the years, over the, the, the couple of decades, has that rubbed off on you? Have you become a list maker and a person that makes a decision normally when you maybe would have not? Indeed. I mean, I think there have been many times in, in the past 20 years where, you know, she will say, why can't you just sit down and get this done? You know, why, how come you keep flitting around and doing this and that? And, and I'll be the first to admit I have bright, shiny object syndrome and you know, squirrels get me all the time. <laughs> However, when we, I mentioned the Enneagram, when we started studying the Enneagram and I realized I'm a seven mm-hmm. and ones actually their natural partners are sevens. Sure. And because ones at their best become sevens, they, they, they function like a healthy seven. And as a seven, I am at my best, my most productive when I function like a one. Yeah. And so I think that's part of that rubbing off on each other. And, you know, I, I bring levity to most situations with her. I try and make her laugh and like, hey, get out of your head. This is fine. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And she's more like, listen, what are we going to do task by task? And here's what, here's my expectations for the weekend. And <laughs> I mean, you know, if she, she knows we're going to clean the house every two weeks. Yeah. And if that were up to me, it'd be like, no, someone else is going to clean the house or it would never get done. Or I'll do it when I feel like it. I'll do it when I feel like it. Yeah. And uh, so it's really important that, um, that, that her energy is part of my life because I need it to stay, yeah. stay true. I love that. So Speaking of baseball, we're rounding, rounding third, coming home. Nice. When you feel like doing something for Jen to make her feel loved, what are some of the things you do? Right off the top of my head, Chris, Mm -hmm. the first and foremost thing, when she was pregnant with our daughter, so this was 17 years ago, Mm -hmm. 18, almost 18 years ago. Um, I had read a book that said the biochemistry of the mother impacts the biochemistry of the baby. Okay. And so in the moment I had this wild hair and I went to, I don't remember if it was Sam's club or Walmart or uh, Costco or where I went, but they had a massage table on sale and I bought a massage table. And to this day, we still have it. It's still in great working order. But that year that she was pregnant with Piper, I, um, I massaged her no less than three times a week, like full on hour body, full body, hour long massages with oil and the whole nine yards. Jeez. Do you, do you go to school for that? Or, uh, I, I, I actually, um, I took a couple of classes online Okay, and, um, but it was all about like pregnancy massage and, gotcha. and things like that at the time. And I got into it really enjoying just giving her that relaxation, that peace. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind is if I'm really wanting to care for her, I'll set up the table and like turn the heater on in the bedroom. And so it's nice and warm in there and all that. There you go. She likes that. Um, Secondarily, I think uh, this is going to sound maybe kind of cheesy, but I would vacuum the house and make sure all the dishes are done before she gets home. Ah. Because for her, her love language is acts of service. Mm -hmm. And I know that I take care of some of those things. She's going to be really happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know. the, I'm, I'm interested whenever men tell me that uh, it's an act of service that they do for their significant other. Are any of those acts something that just 
you hate doing <laughs> that like, you you really really love her because you get it done Yes, is the short answer to that. Um, there are many tasks for me that I would not normally do. I don't know that I detest or I hate doing these things, but I'll tell you, I'll be the first to tell you that I am a relax first, get stuff done later sure. kind of guy. And she is definitely a get stuff done and then relax, which generally means that she doesn't get to relax a lot because there's always things to do in a, in a woman's world. Yeah, And so, uh, you know, for me, things like taking off my clothes, you know, at night or before I shower or whatever, and like toss them on a chair or setting them all over the tub that happens. Yeah. And I know in my mind, like I have to pick this up because this will bug her. And I think over the years, she's, she's sort of become numb to the fact that I will do that mm -hmm. because I'll generally only leave them there for a day or two and then I'll, I'll, I'll put them away. Sure. Um, but for me, it's those things. And I, and I've realized that her impact on me is I walk around the house and want to pick things up because mm. things sitting around for me are just kind of an energy drain. Sure. Now. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, she has wife, rubbed off on me in that way. <laughs> my wife is the same way, which is why I chuckle when you're, when you say, Oh, it probably would only stay there for a day or two for her. <laughs> that's like, that's five months of it yeah. being there. Yeah. And like, why isn't it picked up yet? There? Yes. I do. I do think this, I'm going to tell you, you and your listeners a secret. I believe that a counselor or a friend or someone in her life told her at one point, stop picking up after him. Because I guarantee you there was a time in our marriage where she was like holding resentment yeah. for the fact that she was having to pick up after me. Mm -hmm. And I think someone said, just stop doing that. And, and it worked because now you think about it when you walk around the house. I do. I see things. I'm like, why is that still there? Did I do that? I did that. I left that there. I'm going to pick that up now. That is funny. Adam, I appreciate you so much and your willingness to share some of your relationship with me and with the listeners. Do you have anything else to leave with the listeners of how'd you meet? Just this, that uh, two people, when they are aligned in what their goals are and what they want in life, can accomplish amazing amounts of, uh, of things in a short order. And Jen and I, I think are very aligned in what we want. Um, we are constantly trying to create more clarity around what each other wants mm -hmm. and help each other get that. And I think that is, uh, we're not there, nor will we ever be. It's like the pursuit of mastery. You know, sure. you're never there. It, but, but I think we're getting better. And that's what I would challenge your listeners to is like, just continually get better. Know the person and continually want to know the person more than you know yourself. And don't be afraid to have those conversations about what it is that we actually want, whether it's you or that other person, because sitting down and having those conversations, that's not something that we normally do. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Have deep conversation, man. <laughs> Turn the TV off and talk. That's it. Absolutely. Thank you again, Adam. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you would do any or all of these three things. Number one, rate and review this podcast. Number two, send this episode to a friend that needs to hear this feel-good story. Or number three, let us know about a friend or a family member that has a how'd you meet story that you think should be on this podcast. You can send us an email at howdyoumeetpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on social media at our social media handle at 
How'd You Meet podcast. All this information can be found in our show notes. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.